Welcome to the Yukon RUF podcast. RUF at Yukon is a ministry that relies completely on the financial support of churches and individuals like you in order to serve the Yukon community. You can support RUF at Yukon by going to ruf.org slash Yukon. Uh, really great to be with you all tonight virtually and uh yeah I'm just you know this has been a weird semester I know but like uh I've actually really loved uh getting to know many of you who are newer and just you know being on campus in new ways and things like that and um so you know Taylor said it earlier but I hope you'll uh, continue to make time for us as the semester gets busier and we move on toward kind of the latter part, but uh, yeah, I'm really glad to be with you tonight. And we're going to be looking at a big topic tonight in the Sermon on the Mount, which is prayer. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to say everything about prayer, but uh, we are going to have a Q&A afterwards. So uh, if you have questions or if you think of questions, definitely keep them in mind. Uh, questions about prayer or really questions about anything that comes up. Um, and so if I don't cover it uh, in this little section in the Sermon on the Mount about prayer, then I'll still, uh, there'll be time for us to just open up a big discussion. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and read our passage for tonight. Uh, there it is. Okay. Uh, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And this is what he says. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay, so uh, prayer is something that we associate with just kind of godliness and closeness with God and faith. And something when I ask people how they're doing with God, usually they tell me about their prayer life uh, in some form or fashion. And if we're honest, if you're like me, it's something we struggle with deeply and have a hard time figuring out. And the Sermon on the Mount is great because it presents this really different view of prayer, you know, in this theme of uh, the upside down kingdom, you know, uh, living upside down, challenging the notion of what most people think prayer is all about. 
And kind of the big idea in the Sermon on the Mount about prayer is that the main thing that makes us prayer hard for us is that we're not sure where we stand with God when we pray. Uh, when we don't know where we stand, uh, it makes it hard to pray. Everything gets messed up, uh, not just in prayer, but in all of the Christian life when we don't know where we stand. And yet, when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, he tells them to start by saying, Our Father, which is just a really, in the history of prayer, a really radical and new and important way to pray. And I'm just going to suggest to you tonight that if you're not praying to God as a father, uh, then you're praying to him as a vending machine. Um, you know, think about a vending machine. Uh, and think about these verses, the first few verses where Jesus is talking about, like, when you give, like, don't let everyone know that you're giving and such, you know. Um, and a vending machine is just, you put something in and you get something out, you know. So he's talking about people that give away, they give something and they expect God to reward them. You know, pray and God rewards you. And the advantage of living like that is you're in control. Uh, I control what I do and, you know, I can reduce God's God's law to like these requirements. Like I can give. It's not that difficult to just give sometimes and pray sometimes. I like the to-do list. I like to be like, yeah, God, I checked that box today. Um... And I, can, I feel like I have a handle on that. But the disadvantage of that approach is that it's very insecure, you know, because you can, you can always do more. Uh, it's hard to know if I've done enough. And if you boil down most religions in the world, they kind of boil down to, like, you got to make sure you do enough. And there's no security because how can I know? Or what if I fail? Um, and my insecurity will show up in the way I parade my good works in front of other people uh, rather than actually caring about the other people around me. And one of the best illustrations of this, of course, is Michael Scott from The Office, right? I know there's a lot of Office fans up in here. And, you know, Michael Scott is this amazing character because we can just see ourselves, like he's this mirror of like the worst parts of ourselves. Uh, So much so that like, you know, when he... Like, we all like to get noticed by people. And Michael just makes it obvious that he wants to get noticed. Like, when they have Secret Santa and he buys the $300 iPod for, like, the little office Secret Santa, it's not even that he just buys it. He wants everyone to know that he spent $300. uh, And we're all just like that. And that's why Michael Scott just is this character that, like, pushes our buttons and irritates us. But we also gravitate toward him. Because um, we do the same, like, you know, do you ever do this? Make you, you make a point to mention the good grade you got, or you know, maybe you mentioned the spiritual thing that you did that uh, felt pretty good that you actually did, and it's not enough just that only I know about it, but I kind of want a few other people just to know so that I feel good. And you know, mentioning things like that isn't bad in and of itself, but Jesus warns us in this passage. Uh, against them because he knows how insecure our hearts will be without him. Um, we're so we're so insecure, we're so prone to that kind of hypocrisy because we're so prone to believe that God is mean. Uh, I'm pretending to love God, you know, but what I really love is 
what he can give me. Like I want the rewards he can give me. I want the security, the status he can give me. I want him to give me a good life, right? But the thing is like no one actually loves a vending machine. I love what vending machine, like I love Reese's peanut butter cups because like that's what a vending machine can give me, but I don't love the vending machine. Um, I want you to think, what is, what is it that you are actually living for rather than God? And I want to suggest to you, as you think of that, that maybe that has something to do with why you struggle to pray, why you find it difficult to pray, uh, because you actually love something else. Um, you know, this is how social media works. You know, social media is a big deal in our culture and in our world. And the thing about social media is like, you know, with prayer, we think like, I got to make time to pray. Like very few of us need to make time to check social media. We just do it. You know, we just check it. And you know, why does it work? It works because these companies know we're all obsessed with ourselves. You know, we are, we're all sitting there asking these questions like, do people like me? Am I missing out on something? Uh, how do I compare to other people? Are other people better than me? And here's this like delivery. You can just like feed it to you and tell you the answers to these questions. Uh, do you see how what you love then makes such a difference in how you act and the things that you live for and prioritize? And the ultimate test of love is if you can make sacrifices uh, even though they might never get noticed. Think about that. Can you make sacrifices that never get noticed? Uh, you know, I have little kids and we, my wife Maggie and I make a lot of sacrifices that we're glad to make for our kids. You know, we put them to bed every night and it takes like an hour and uh, we wake up with them in the night. If they wake up, we change them. We wipe them. We get them dressed. When we, whenever we want to leave the house, it takes like an hour to get it all done. And, um, you know, we're happy to do all those things. They have no awareness, though, that it's like remotely a sacrifice for us, right? They're just little kids. Like, they don't know. Maybe when they're like 25, they'll know. Uh, but we're usually, you know... We're happy to do it because we love them, because they belong to us. Um, God loves us like that, except his love is perfect. Uh, it's totally free. He doesn't love us grudgingly, uh, even though we have no idea of the cost. We really have no idea of the cost. And when Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray then, He's in, inviting them to begin reciprocating the love that God has always freely given. Does that make sense? He's inviting them to enter into an actual relationship with a God who's a person and not a vending machine. And in light of that, Jesus gives the Lord's Prayer. He says, if you want to know like a good model for how to pray, uh, pray like this. And he, he just says the Lord's Prayer with the church is always from this point on, we're called the Lord's Prayer. And it's um, a really great model. You can pray it just, you can pray it word for word and it's a great prayer. Or you can kind of use it as a model. And I just want to give us a few kind of insights into prayer that we can pull away from the Lord's Prayer. And the first uh, is to pray simply. Like the big picture of like in Jesus teaching on prayer in this passage 
is pray simply. Pray like a toddler talking to their daddy. Uh, Our Father. Uh, You know, my kids, if my kids approached me and they were like, Oh, uh, Father, uh, you're so, you know, like... Is it, would it be all right if I had a fruit snack? And this is why I think I should have a fruit snack. And I would be like, yo, yeah, you can have a fruit. Like, you know, I don't want my kids to like dance around uh, asking me for things. And, you know, at the same, I want my kids to show like some level of respect, but like what I really want is their hearts. You know, I want to have intimacy with them and God is the same way. Um, and so what that means is fancy Christian words don't make like God any happier to hear your prayer. Um, at some point in like the last 20 years, Christians started saying like, Lord, 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 every other word in prayers. And like, God really doesn't want that. Like, um, God wants you to pray simply. And what that means is that you can talk to him like he's your father, like your actual father. And you can say things like, God help me. And that's a perfectly fine prayer if you're new to prayer or if you're just having a bad day. And it's a prayer that God actually hears and honors. So pray as you think about praying, as you think about trying to pray more regularly or maybe for the first time, uh, pray simply. And the next thing we can say is, you know, ask, when you think about what do I pray about, what do I ask for, um, Ask for things that Jesus says are good. And he gives us a whole list here. The first one is hallowed be your name. And that's a way of saying like, may your name, maybe who you are be honored in my life and in the world. So this is a prayer like, God, help me to know you more. That's a hallowed be your name prayer. That's uh, help my friends to know you more. Help them to know you. Help help the world to know you and love you. Help us all to love you. Um, that's a hallowed be your name prayer. And there's all kinds of different ways we could do that. And it's, again, it's just kind of simple. Um, you know, may we know you, may who you are uh, be known and honored. And then the second kind of part, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is, you know, that's a kingdom prayer. And the Sermon on the Mount, as we've been seeing, is all about the kingdom. It's about Jesus the King coming uh, to establish his kingdom and set everything that was upside down back right side up in God's world. And so, you know, when, we, when we're when we praying your kingdom come, it's a prayer to, for the world to be the way it's supposed to be. And all kinds of prayers fit under this umbrella. You know, like praying for the virus to stop spreading is a kingdom prayer because God, hate, we know he hates the virus. Uh, Praying for broken relationships to be healed is a kingdom prayer because we know God hates broken relationships. Um, Praying for the end of oppression of the weak is a kingdom prayer because we know he hates that. And, you know, pray for sick people to be healed. If you're sick, like pray for yourself to be healed. Uh, Pray against loneliness. Um, Pray for the ability to love people around you like Jesus asks us to love people. Uh, all these things are kingdom prayers and good things. There's just a lot of good things that we can pray about in daily life that God really cares about. And then finally, he says, give us today our daily bread. Um, and it's really interesting that he says daily bread, isn't it? Um, it's a prayer. God, would you provide for me today? Uh, it's not 
you know, it's not like show me how you're going to provide for me 10 years from now so I can be secure and not have to rely on you, but it's give me what I need for today. And that's a prayer, like God delights to answer that prayer. Uh, and he does um, pray that you, that under that category is, you know, pray for trust, pray that God would help you as you seek to trust. And then finally it says to pray for forgiveness and the ability to forgive and to, for protection from evil and protection from our own evil in our hearts. And these are all things that are acknowledging our weakness and asking for God's help. And so, um, you know, I don't know what your prayer life is currently like, and, you know, maybe praying the Lord's Prayer every day would be a good place to start, or maybe you use the Lord's Prayer as kind of like a, you know, these are the kind of good things that I can pray for, and I'm going to start by praying really simply and talking to God like he's my father. And But the bigger question is why pray? Maybe you're wondering that. Why is this so important? Why do I need to pray? Why live for this God? Uh, because prayer costs. It takes time. I have to think about it. It takes kind of work. Like any relationship, I have to work at it. And that's hard. And I'm also relinquishing control of my life as I pray. And, you know, if you were to think on a kind of on a bigger level, like the last few weeks as we've been exploring God's kingdom, like it really costs, like it really costs to not retaliate like we talked about last week or like a few weeks ago, we talked about running away from lust instead of toward it, like most people in our culture tend to do. Um, it costs. And so why would we do any of it? You know, why would we, why would our lives align with the kingdom then if it costs a lot? And the answer is because God is a father. Uh, the gap between him and us is so much bigger than like, you know, the gap between me and my kids. And his, But yet his love for us is so much greater than that love. Uh, and how do we know that that's true? Uh, because Jesus is the son. Like when Jesus, like Jesus is the eternal son of God. And what that means is that like from all eternity, the oldest relationship there ever was, was that one, God, the father, Jesus, the son, uh, they've been together forever. And not just that they've been together, but they've been eternally like unified and close and Jesus was actually the first person to regularly call God Father. Like when Jesus was walking around 2,000 years ago saying like, you know, this is how you should pray, our Father, people would be like, whoa, who do you think you are? Like you call God Father? Like we're used to it now, but for them, they were like, whoa, easy, buddy. Like you're telling me that you think God is your Father. And he did. And that's how he taught his disciples to pray. And yet there's one time in the Bible where Jesus doesn't call God Father. As he suffocates to death on the cross, he cries out, not Father, where are you? But my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is because on the cross he lost 
the fatherhood of God. For him to save us, for us to be brought in, he had to lose the fatherhood. of Like he had to get kicked out. He, this eternal union had to be separated. Uh, Jesus is kicked out of the family on the cross, the eternal family. Imagine the horror you would feel. You know, we know what it's like to be betrayed, to feel abandoned. And this is just cosmic abandonment on the ultimate level. And Jesus endured it so that you could be brought in, which means the last thing that could ever be true is that God is mean. God is not a vending machine that just like wants you to like check off some boxes and he'll give you what you want. Uh, He's definitely not trying to make your life worse. He's the king of the universe and he wants to make you into his child that he can hold forever. Uh, And because that's true, I would invite you, I don't know where you stand with prayer, but uh, you need to make prayer to relating to this God more a part of your life. I don't know, maybe that looks like you know, a daily short prayer to start. It's, you know, something you can build on. Maybe it looks like praying with friends. You know, maybe it looks like, um, you know, just some kind of pattern where you are making a point to relate to this God uh, because he is love. And there's just, life makes no sense without him. You know, not to earn anything from him because we could never do that. And not to look and feel good because that doesn't work. Uh, But just because he's good, Uh, just because his love is so good, uh, because life with him is the only true life there is. Um, Okay, normally I kind of take a moment to pray after I'm done with these. And uh, today I'm going to do something different and just give you all like a minute or two. You know, it's hard to find time to pray. And so I'm going to give you the time right now and just silently Uh, Take them. I'll just give us like a minute or two and I'll just close with a brief word of prayer to close our time and then we'll have some Q&A. So uh, reflect if you're maybe you're not ready to pray and that's okay. Just reflect on God's word that we looked at and so just take a minute or two and I'll close us. Let's pray.